Hello, this is Teresa Stoddard, and this is my NaNoWriMo 2023 project. NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month. I've tried to do this for about a decade. The most I've ever gotten is 10,000 words, and I'm above 10,000 this time. I'm actually at 11,195, so in that case I kind of feel like I've already won but I very much want to finish this novel get it out on my podcast I also want to release it in ebook paperback when it's done and as you may well know I am the host and creator of a podcast with my partner in life and podcasting Mitchell Regan um but yeah so (laughs) this is my fifth attempt recording this I don't know why it's been so cursed but I just assume that the outcome of this time will be so very worth it or at least that's what I'm telling myself so that I don't start crying all right well here we go Chapter 1. The butterflies rage against my ribcage, trying to find any way out through the tender flesh of my belly. Frantic wings flap inside. Is this what they mean when they say somebody gives you butterflies? I thought of of it as a soft and positive feeling, not the middle of a wall of death at a rock concert. Barbed wire wings slice and slash through me as my love for you seeps out. Slowly at first, but then the torrents of blood come rushing out. Dizzy. I'm losing too much blood. Pull me in. Sing your song. Hurry, babe. I don't have long. Life is fading. The dark comes in. Everything is frigid. I feel frozen in place from fear and from cold. Are you ready, darling? And sink or swim. I soften under your touch. fixed to the spot by your eyes on mine. It's scary starting from scratch, but otherwise we stand still. Life can't be lived in place like a statue. Living isn't static. It's vibrant and worth the risk. You've got to make your move to get anywhere. That's where happiness is waiting for you. All you have to do is take the first step. It's scary. I know. It's always scary when you put yourself out there and try something new. Our automatic response system wants us to stay in the safety of our current life, but adventure waits on the next page. But adventure, I think I'm going to put, oh, waits on the next page. I'll choose adventure every time. You're worth the distance. Worth your weird mother worried I'm going to rob the place. At least your dad seems to like me and says I can stay as long as I want. Cooper likes me a bit too, or at least I hope the club puppy likes me. Oh yeah, I put that in parentheses, parentheticals, because it doesn't fit. Like it doesn't go with the vibe I'm going for. Once I love somebody, I love them forever. So then in parentheticals, explain the depth and breadth of my love for you. Talk about them not only physically, but also everything that makes them who they are. The perfect combination of atomic particles and DNA brought to life by the perfect 
a bolt of lightning striking at the exact moment we needed it to. I'll always wish you well. Again, that one kind of kind of slows down and like doesn't sound right. You're so knowledgeable and I feel safe in your presence. We also laughed the entire time we were together and I was wet for most of it. The intensity will be scary at times, but we'll, um, I'm going to watch want to self-sabotage. It's a defense mechanism I've perfected over the years to keep me safe. Although it never did, it kept me from leaving, from starting a life that I'd actually want to be a part of instead of a life I dreamed to escape from. That's actually where a lot of my ideas come from. What would happen? How good would life be once I finally made my big escape? I did it too. I escaped my old life. I don't look behind me every step of the way now or hear implied threats in the space between your words. I don't walk on eggshells and tiptoe in fear of waking the beast within. I'm free to be who I am. This is my first main character moment. I've never been the lead. I wasn't even sure that was something I could do, but it has always been up to me. Devoid of human connection so that we can work and work for work and work for the man. We make pennies to their thousands. Instead, I believe we should be taught a healthy work-life balance and ways to cope. Mental health has never been taken seriously. If we treated the problems or even the cause, the world would be such a better place. That's a world I'd love to raise my children in. I can't wait to write with you, to do life with you, to go out and eat and go to the movies and touch you, to soften under your touch, your hot fingers molding me to your liking, firing me with the brush of your hands. Your love runs down my new shining glaze, shimmers in the sunlight. We're going to change the world. We've already changed my world. I want time to stop beneath our touch. When I get to know you, I don't want to be in any rush. I listen for your shutters every time we touch. You explore and learn how to touch me by the way I cry. It's heady and I'm floating in space. Nothing can touch me but you. I'm tethered by your hands, held down under a, sum under a something of your love. I haven't fi figured the word yet. I ride the wave until you take me in your arms. While I'm there, I'm safe from harm. This is the kind of love they write novels on. That's exactly what I'm doing. Someone has to capture this lightning in a bottle, harness it, study it, distribute it as a salve for world peace. When you feel this good, you don't want to watch others fail. You don't want to make others feel bad. You want to solve the problems that plague humanity. Spending time with you is effortless. You exert your power over the clock. Lifetimes pass in the moments between ticks. Feel drawn in by you, it's electric and intergalactic. A feeling like this is rare, but I felt it once before. The best thing we've ever done is to open up the door. I have so much to give and seek a companion in return. I'll dream of you and then head out on the open road. They've dreamed a dream of this inception, it has been foretold. It's us together against the world, but every moment is worth fighting for. The universe is keeping score. We're so lucky that we found each other among the people who play games and the ones that use you and ghost you. I only want my ghosts on movie screens and Halloween. Every moment we spend together is so much fun. We're always laughing and joking and laying our souls bare. 
We were made for each other. We don't feel jealousy, and I'm looking forward to experiencing compersion, the shared joy we get from knowing the other is happy with their other partners. You make it so that I want to be up and out and experiencing life. I've woken up and got out of bed every single day this week before 7 a.m. For anyone who knows my sleeping troubles, you know that I tend to like to sleep in until about 9 to 11, depending on the day. But I've always enjoyed getting up early to go do something. If there's a destination involved, then I will wake up. Anytime that you need me to. I'm like a dog, just excited to come along for the ride. That's how I want to do life. Watching you smile and twirl in the mirror and the clothes I got you brought me so much joy and happiness. The euphoria is so pure and evident, radiating out of you like a sunbeam. I love being your safety net and the trust that we already share. Our story spills to two screens beside one another. I'm on my phone, in my bed on my stomach. You're probably on your back looking all cute. There's a thick black border separating us, but we're right there experiencing this together. Thought bubbles spread across the screen like mycelium. They pop like bubbles in our tongues. Sweet and sticky and juicy like peaches, you take my breath away with the things you do to me. There's safety in your arms, in your bed, in your room, in your house, on your street. I feel it ripple between us. We share things on a vibrational level. I draw people in my web like a spider, elegant and deadly. I slowly, softly wrap you in my strings. My threads hold strong against your struggles until you give way to the inevitable. I am inevitable. We are inevitable. Recording this is such a strange feeling to me. I'm hearing and experiencing my writing in an entirely new and fresh way. It makes me feel more creative and I'm getting good at editing as I go. I know it's always touted as a writing no-no, but it's what's, what works best for me. So I'm going to continue writing the way that I want to write because I spent so much time focusing on what other people wanted that I got overwhelmed and start write, stopped writing entirely. This is for me. I'm the author. The reader does not get a say. They just get to voice their opinions. You're like my little weighted blanket. You're like my little weighted blanket. <laughs> I put blinking. Staring into me with your cobalt blue eyes and rise smile. The boots are down onto me. Makes me feel warm and loved. Your love and loving you is like sunshine on a cold day. Fuzzy sweaters and cool boots to stomp the filth. Blanketed by a forest of trees, losing leaves and changing color, throwing autumnal confetti on the ground as we walk hand in hand, have a picnic, and then eat what we packed with us. Give this part an actual specific setting because this disrupts the floor. flow. What are you even doing? <laughs> All right. 
describe the scene, live in the scene, bring the readers in. This is supposed to be intimate. Bask in the warm glow everywhere that we go. Beachside, walk in the salty water and feel me on the edge of the world. You lay out on a towel in the sand as I explore and bring back shiny new shells and as I bring back shiny new shells like a crow. I spend my time beachside in the ocean on the sand. I don't know what to do. I am uneasy and pacing until I find my solace in the sea. Pelicans and seagulls and anahengas and sandpipers play and scream floating on that salty breeze. No, get out of my coffee, Bowie. I do apologize. There's currently a rat crime happening because Bowie is obsessed with coffee. But rats are not supposed to have coffee. <gasps> and if you heard a little pause in this podcast, it's actually because I had to go get Bowie because she was in the hallway and the dogs were chasing her. And she just gives no fucks. Bowie does what Bowie wants. Um, she doesn't even love us. She like merely tolerates our existence just so she can live it up in our rat mansion. Breathe in the sea air and see so clear what we have. A lifetime of memories and a million perfect moments. And then I have another little section of parentheticals where it just did not make sense to be with everything else. Even surrounded by the seabirds and families taking in the sands, I hear your breath catching your throat. I watch as you swallow it down in the next instance. I steal a kiss and you return my investment tenfold.
<coughs> Excuse me. I steal a kiss and you, <coughs> you return <coughs> my investment tenfold. It's hard to stop as we hold each other and breathe each other in. Every kiss pulls me farther into you. I never lie on the beach. I only play in the water. This is new. I never lie on the beach. I only play in the water. This is new. A calm washes over me in waves like the ocean, and I slow my breathing to match the waves. This is a perfect day. And just like that, I'm writing again. Easy as that. All I had to do was be introduced to a new person who I want to spend my life with. I want her beside me and helping me to do the right thing when it scares me, and I just want to hide. Then in parentheses, I have, she's already done that for me, and I'm in awe of her. And I said, this is clumsy. Fix it in post. It makes me so mad that she has to hide the wonderful person she is because her parents are simple and narrow-minded. She's perfect and complex, and I love learning everything there is to know about her. I could listen to her speak forever. I feel alive with you. There was a time where I thought I'd never feel alive again. I almost took things into my own hands, but somehow I stepped back from the edge. I calmed the sobs, racking my heaving chest as I struggled to remove my shaking hands from the railing of the balcony. That morning I had shattered and existed merely as a collection of shards held in place by grief and trauma. Okay, I kind of need to add a sentence in between here. All right, I'm not sure if this um, 
is correct. I don't know if it stopped playing at that certain point. I'll have to check that in editing. Honestly, at this part, I feel fine kind of showing you my behind the scenes because I've honestly put so much into this podcast. Um, again, dealing with rat crimes, Bowie, thank you. I'm scrolling back to my place in it. Almost there. From the balcony, five stories. Bowie's trying to steal my coffee again. Bowie, get out of my coffee. You have coffee on your hands, you silly baby. No, it's mine. Bowie's also a basic bitch. Oh my god, she finished it. Bowie, that's not good for rats. I told you, Bowie does whatever she wants. So yeah, nobody looks at me, nobody cares. I've never been so alone. I'm invisible and my suffering doesn't matter. All right, new paragraph. That morning I had shattered and existed merely as a collection of shards held in place by grief and trauma. When I freed my hands, it took everything left in me to start moving again. I had to for Liam. He had only had me now. I turned into a single mom after an FBI raid on my home and my husband getting arrested. Somehow, I put one foot in front of the other and made my way out the exit of the federal courthouse building in downtown Orlando. I didn't have my phone with me because you're not allowed to bring them in unless you're a lawyer or a judge or somebody they deem important like a celebrity or a politician. The secrets these walls could share. This is the spot to add more of the story. I don't necessarily want to get into it right now, but I think it helps to understand the position I was in and the changes that have occurred in my life. And this is like kind of like a hybrid. So... Some of this stuff has happened. Some of this stuff has not happened. So it's a hybrid of me like putting myself into different characters and kind of um, like learning to heal through all of that happened, you know? There's a U-shaped hole in my life that you fill every time we meet. I still want you so. No time will ever be enough. I'll never get my fill. You and me and him and her will see it through. Cold sand beneath our feet and blue skies above. I float with you and we play in the waves. Okay, that does not make sense. That needs to be copied and put with the beach stuff. Let me... 
get back to the beach. All right, I'm going to one, two, three, four, five, then I'm going to post that. Perfect. <laughs> it wants me to say I always deeply carved love. I always deeply craved love and reciprocated friendship. I enjoy my alone time, but I also want to surround myself with people who wish me the best. I feel most full and happy that way. I feed off of the connection. I love driving back by myself with a book bean and a blanket. I packed my backpack with deodorant and Delta 9. I've got all the essentials. I'm feeling empty today. I feel like this requires one, two, three, center. This requires like... Some sort of break. Because it's a break in the story, but not the chapter. But it's more than, say, like a paragraph break or a sentence break. I'm feeling empty today, a void or a black hole. I'm trying to fill myself with love and attention instead of alcohol and self-harm. Things haven't always been easy or okay. I didn't know if I'd live to see my 18th birthday, or 20 or 30, but I want to stay around as long as I possibly can. Their love sustains me. I have a story that I've been avoiding since I started writing this on November 1st. In college, we had a group assignment. We're already off to a bad start, and let me tell you, dear reader, it does not get better from here. My house was raided by FBI agents with guns. My, windows was, my window was broken behind my sleeping head behind my there we go Belligerent shouts and orders were lobbed at me from all sides. Our house filled with agents. I was detained in my living room. I screamed for my son and couldn't get him. They wouldn't let me. I had to wait for them to give me my son. I couldn't pee. We were detained and questioned. And then I hadn't seen my husband since, so he may as well be dead. I wish he'd be dead. Judge me if you want, but to that but to do that and then blame your unspeakable and horrific actions because you experienced sexual abuse. Wake up. A lot of people are victims of sexual violence in their formative years and they don't grow up to perpetuate the cycle of children being abused so you can feel better about yourself. One, two, three, four, five. I'm pretty sure that's a story that your lawyer helped you to create sure maybe there are tendrils of of truth to it but every story has a bit of truth to it 
That's the secret about the human condition. We all want to create our own truth and make it so. The fact that you didn't think to bring this up when I uncovered some repressed abuse during the Me Too movement, which sent me into a spiral and a deep depression. Of course, you said you were supportive, but if that had really happened to you, the way that you said it did, then you would have told me at that time to help me feel less alone. You're a husband in the name alone, and now you refuse to sign the papers. You were a husband in the name alone, and now you refuse to sign the papers. My son wants his real dad to adopt him and marry me. You got 25 years with yours, so if you're going to center, might want to focus on that. Some opening parentheses. I don't know what I meant to say here. But I'm sure that I can do a better job. Close parentheticals. An updated sentence passed. I don't know why someone would want him to see the light of day sooner or ever. He cannot be re rehabilitated. People like him should be put down to save our tax dollars or shipped off to an island of the worst of the worst and they can create their own fucked up society. Free of children and women to harm. So many letters with fake apologies not worth the paper they were scribbled on. Initially, he sent me, he was sent to solitary and didn't contact me. I liked it better that way. And then when I was on my way to celebrate my 28th birthday, he called. I was in the car with mom, Ginger, and Liam. I called and it was him. No, actually, the first time he called was in Walmart when I was getting some things with Jace. 
maybe the first time I'd left the house since everything happened. The wind knocked out of my knee in a sudden rush, and I almost collapsed at the sound of his voice. Why did he get to contact me? I wanted an explanation, but I also wanted him gone. Oh, wait, that's not true. I took Liam to a playdate that day. I was no longer capable of living, so I went to my friend Katarina's house. Our sons are at the same age, and I went to high school with her and her husband, Benji. She'll never fully understand what she did for me on that day. The worst moment in my life up to that point. Hard to top, but I topped it this week. However, dear reader, that's a story for another time. We've never been super close, but I think it's just because we're both anxious and introverted. She offered me shelter from the storm, and we watched Mo Moana. Liam sang karaoke with Zeke. He got to have a normal day while the sky was falling around me. That's the way parenting should work. Shielding your child from the trials and tribulations of life. They'll have plenty of time to learn about that later. In their own and on their own time. And with a loving mother and father and family and support system to get him through anything. Two bloody metallic and sharp seedlings have been growing inside me since that day. I think I got the reverse psychology lesson out of it. Let's fast forward back to me going to college. Five months until Liam's third birthday. He fortunately doesn't remember any of it. The potency is fading for me. If I'm being honest, most of the time he just doesn't exist to me. He doesn't cross my mind. Back to college where I could be on tangents for the remainder of this novel. You've been warned. Stop trying to distract me, future reader. I do think of you fondly and consider you a friend. My DMs are ready to slide into. Burning passion and sweet love. And lightning bolts emphasizing themselves as text devices. We had to choose the perfect team for crash survival. A plane. Okay. Think lost or even yellow jackets. These classmates were either crueler or trading their morality and ethics with eugenics and terror for a good grade. We were asked who among these survivors had lived through sui suicidal ideation and even an attempt on their own life. Not a single person supported my decision and would prefer to live on an island with a murderer and a rapist over somebody who was having a hard time. A single moment or lifetime of pain condensed down to a no. Two letters, a single syllable, one word, the end. That's all she wrote. Luckily for me, it's not. I'm able to write this because I found one reason to live for and soon it grew. My son, then Mason, shows family writing perfect days and the perfect cup of tea, the first sip of coffee when it's sweet and hot, Adelaide, and the glimmers and reasons to live. 
thanks so much for joining me for chapter one. And I do hope that I hear from you and that you stick with me. Um, this will be my primary author podcast. Um, and it can have all sorts of things. I'd love to have guests on. And if you're writing something, love to hear it. You could read a chapter or whatever you'd like. And yeah, thanks so much for sticking with me. Um, hopefully this one is the one that works. Because if it's not, I might just cry and scrap the whole thing. Um, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. And I will see you next time with chapter two. Thank you.